Yo guys, what is up? Welcome to another episode of The Daily J. So welcome to today's episode. In this episode, this is a two-part Skype session that I'm going in. Um, I'm basically giving a audit to a client of mine and we're going through the session with the specific goal of leaving him with an action plan of what he needs to follow for the next 30 days and what he needs to exactly focus on. So if you're a busy guy, you lack the time to go out, but you're desperate to get good, I mean, you literally only have two days a week or two nights a week to be able to go out, but if you want to have an amazing social life, then this episode is for you. In this episode, what you will learn is one, how to build social proof, any place, anywhere, at any time. Two, how to flawlessly open. I give you the formula so you don't have to worry about what to say or worry about focusing on rejection. Three, how to get over approach anxiety. If you are painfully shy and you're a bit awkward and you aren't the most charismatic person in the world, you're a bit of an introvert. Four, how to leverage the life you live right now with the resources that you have at hand right now to build abundance. Five, how to build a network of female wings. And six, using Tinder as a lead generation tool for pre-selection and much, much more. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and let's get into it. Okay, so when you approach somebody, it's very rare that, that they are alone. Do you know why it's very rare that people are alone and why it's very odd for human beings to be alone? Um, I think I do, but uh, you tell me, I guess. Okay, I'll make it simple. So... As a mammalian species, we rely on the help of other people in order to propagate our genes, in order to survive, in order to up our status. We need people. Like we, that's what we are, mammalian species. We are, we are not a species that does well in isolation. They do, they've done studies with babies. And when the baby was by itself and lacked affection, the baby when it would start to grow up, would start to develop a lot of antisocial personality traits. They would lack the ability of being able to relate to other people because of the lack of affection from its mother, from its paternal mother. Oxytocin is the social bonding chemical. It, it also does help us to socially calibrate. Without, like the first relationship and in, in social interaction that we get into as a child is with our parents. So do you see how you start to learn from that infantile stage how to socially relate to other people? Like we need people. So like yeah, I think I so think I actually remember reading about one of those studies. Mm -hmm. So you yeah. interact with your parents, and then you don't. Your parents usually move you to a community. Like if you live in a suburb, it's a cul-de-sac. If you lived in the projects, you had like those high rises. But all of those places were what? Those were communities where you grew up. Yes. Yeah. So social isolation is strange. Social inclusion is the norm. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so when you when you when I put it that way, cold approach is abnormal. Social circle is very normal. Yeah, very normal. But like. All right. Well, I get what you mean by that. I'm not. So. I'm not trying to say cold approach is bad. All I'm trying to say is I'm trying to. I'm trying to, to get. You, I'm trying to get you away from this idea that cold approach really exists, because cold approach really doesn't exist. You are always doing social circle. 
because you were always having to interact with more than one other person every single time you go into an interaction. And even, let's think about like this. Would you be on this phone call with me right now if it weren't for someone else that we both mutually know who I've already coached before? Uh, probably not. Yeah, I so would the, usually like, mm-hmm. I would usually like want to hear someone, how someone else's experience with you went first, mm-hmm. you know, before I commit to something like this. Mm-hmm. So do you see how this is a social, that was a social circle situation? Yeah. Yeah. That was social not a circle co- situation. That, there, there's no way I could have cold approached you to cause for you to trust me. Yeah, I mean, like if you just like came up to me and random in public and tried to like sell your, you, you know, like sell yourself to me. Thank you. That would be odd, right? You'd be like, what the yeah. fuck? You don't even know me. So it's like, is that how like a girl would feel like every single time, you know, like if I just randomly approach her at a park or in public somewhere, like that's probably what she's feeling then, right? Well, well, well yes. Well, let's think about why that is. Is it so much the fact that you're a male approaching her, or is it more of the fact that you're a stranger approaching her? Probably that I'm a stranger, yeah. Because what have we been taught since we were little? Don't talk to... Strangers. Okay, so as a kid, you naturally would go up and talk to strangers. That was just normal. Like you, 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 just, you didn't even know that there was a separation between you and them. You learned to be afraid to talk to people because you would get punished every single time you go to talk to somebody foreign. Yeah, exactly. So if you think about it, the reason that cold approach is strange is not so much of it's a guy approaching a girl. It's more so stranger danger. So like... I don't want to get off topic or anything, but like if I'm doing a cold approach to her in the back of her mind, she could probably be thinking about, I don't know, some story she heard on the news about some girl, you know, about some predator or something like, or some BBC documentary on like creepy pickup artist. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. What I mean, what if she just had someone else walk up to her and call her a bitch or a cunt or stuck his hands between her legs? Yeah. Exactly. Those are all the unknown variables that are affecting your approach before you ever walk up and open your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So do you see why when I'm always talking about start with comfort in the interaction It's because you cannot assume that when you walk up to the person that it's going to go well. And this is not being like some people say you got to always be um, you got to always be positive that it's going to go well. I don't plan my approaches based off of if they go well. I plan my approaches based off of the idea that if it, so like I want it to go well, I've got experience of it to go well, but I'm also a realist. So I plan for the eventuality of if it goes bad, here's how I'm going to calibrate that. Okay. But like, so like when you're doing, so I guess you don't, so I guess like, I mean, if you're going to approach someone in the middle of the day, like in just a really random place, like maybe you've talked about this before, but because okay. I'm trying to change how I do it, because so, like, so, if I'm so, just being direct, mm-hmm. if so I'm just fine. being direct or, you know, just trying to, because I assume that's how you come off as confident, but, you know, 90% of the time it leads to nothing. Mm-hmm. 
so like how would you exactly like what exactly do you do differently well the thing the thing that i do differently is this a lot of times what a lot of guys will do is they'll say i'm gonna go i'm gonna approach this girl walking well here's let's say this is the daytime right there's a few factors that i want to identify i want to qualify the situation first before i go make the approach now why am i qualifying the situation before i approach i'm trying to stack the deck in my favor to increase my consistency of having the, the, the interaction go well. So should I approach a girl who's walking really fast and is in a rush? Probably not, no. Because she's in a rush, which means logistically I'm not going to have time. And if I don't have time to run good game, that number is going to end up flaking. And that number I'm going to have to spend a lot of time on the back end doing text game. Do you know that's the biggest reason? that inside of those groups, a lot of these guys are like, what do I text this girl? What do I do? And it's because of the fact they don't have, they haven't done research and reconnaissance on the set before they got that number. They just walk, it's kind of like a salesperson walking up, being like, hey, you, or like a network marketing, be like, hey, you look really intelligent. I've got this really amazing opportunity for you. Let me go ahead and, uh, let, let, oh, let me get your contact and I'll go ahead and tell you about it. And you say, okay, cool. But you don't really know much about the opportunity. You haven't talked to them, so you've got no comfort, you've got no rapport, you don't know who they are. You don't know who they are at all. How likely are you to remember that person when they go ahead and shoot you a message a day from now? Yeah, not likely at all. Exactly. Because yeah. it, it takes it's time to build a connection. It takes time to build trust. It takes time for someone to actually remember you. It's interesting you should bring that up because I, I think it was last weekend... There was a girl, it was, I went to some place in Brooklyn with these other guys. They might have been to a meetup also, but mm -hmm. none of them were like super good. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, out of like the three of us, I was like the only one that was willing to at least do a couple approaches because I guess the other ones were too nervous. And I saw like these really two smoking hot drunk chicks at a pool table. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't really know how I assess the situation. We played next to them, like in the table next to them. Then at some point went over and suggested and asked if they wanted to do like teams against one another. Mm -hmm. I don't remember exactly what happened after that, but like I think it was pretty good interaction. Then eventually I just went up to one of them and just went super direct that I thought she was insanely hot, you know, shit like that. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a very long interaction though, but she did end up giving me her number, mm -hmm. you know, and then that kind of like led with for the rest of the night, these guys kept throwing like 10,000 ideas into my head of what I should text her, you know? Yep. And this it was... Is, yep. Yep. I, what you're saying right there, I have to ask you, when you get all those 10,000 different ideas from guys telling you what they should do or what you should do to text her, did it make you more confused and in your head about what it is that you should text? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Especially since like most of them would like just throw out random ideas. Like this one guy would say, here, send her this meme over here. Mm -hmm. Or he would tell me to do stuff. He would tell me to like take like a certain approach with texting that he's actually never done before <laughs> and just tell me to do it. Like, I don't know. It's the way to describe it is like a lot of the times when I go out, I'm going out with guys who are as good or worse than me. So it's kind of like the blind leading the blind, really. Correct. This, there's, a, there's, a, there's a saying I can hear that I heard from Dan Pena. He said, stop listening to fucking morons. And that, that was, there, he, he literally just cut the shit when he said, stop listening to fucking morons. And what was interesting is it made me think, do you listen to your broke friend about how to make money?
No, no. Do you listen to your fat friend about how to get in shape? I probably have in the past, but now I know better. Okay. So do you listen to do you listen to, to blind guys about how to go pick up girls when they don't have any expertise, knowledge base about picking honestly, up girls? Honestly, like sometimes when I'm out with these guys, I actually like feel sometimes I think I'm feeling a little less nervous because I feel like, I don't know. I feel like like the best one in the group. I feel like, you know, the alpha of the group. So it's mm -hmm. like, oh, wow, like they're probably looking up to me now. So it's my mm -hmm. responsibility to go out there and make it happen. You know, and, yeah. But again, let, let me ask you this, right? If you were, say if you were in martial arts and you had a, you had a class, would it, be, would it be, which do you think, how do you, do you think you're going to progress faster by training with black belts or by training with white belts? Black belts. Okay. So, do you think when it comes to game that you should be training with white belts or you should be training with black belts if you want to get better? Obviously, black belts, and you know, I'm trying to get better, mm -hmm. and that's why throughout the group, I try to find the guys who, I try to find the guys that I know are consistently, you know, consistently getting laid, mm -hmm. just because I know that they're the ones that I'm going to learn from, you know, not from these guys who are, you know, <laughs> not from these guys who think that they have it, think that they have game, but really don't. Did you see what I posted? Did you see what I posted in the group? I said it was like it was a few things. A few things I wish I was told 14 years ago. Um, that's a New York group. It's in the New York group, yeah. Okay, yeah, I kind of, I'm still in that, but I kind of muted those notifications because yeah, I, I was totally getting get too it. many. Like a lot of the guys in that group, I feel like are just kind of bragging about what they are about their success, or I don't know. But mm -hmm. yeah, I could probably go check that. Do you think that's a good read? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read something really quick, and then I'm just gonna ask you what you think. Like, I'm just gonna read the bullet, the bullet points of it. Okay. okay. So, first one, mentorship. So for the first eight years in game, I was getting, I was my, in the first year, eight years in game, I was getting abysmal results. I followed every method out there. I spent time trying to perfect them so I could duplicate the results, but it would never work for me. I was, it was always like a carrot, just slightly out of reach. And the fucked up part was, the fucked up part is, I was a coach during these years and I could not get results. I could not get results that I could, or I could get results for others, but I couldn't get it for myself. Finally at 22, I got tired of fighting an uphill battle that I, was, um, that was, I wasn't going to win and desperately asked other senior coaches what I was doing wrong. Mind you, I had been asking for years where I was fucking up, but the advice never worked. When you've got 15 cooks in the kitchen, they're all preparing the same meal in their own way, you're going to have problems. The coaches would tell me rah-rah shit like, be more calibrated, run the hurricane method, be grounded in my S's. And internally, I would be like, what the fuck? How does that help me get this dime that isn't responding to my text? Clearly, I've done something wrong. And as luck would have it, I met the exact mentor I needed, then another, and another. All teaching the exact same methodology and giving me the exact same feedback. Within the next six months of following that advice, my lay count jumped to 130 new girls. Second one, make friends with naturals. This one pivoted a lot for me because I learned to hang out with naturals who were fucking the types of girls I wanted a few things. I learned to stop over-investing in the girl and let the girl invest. I learned that they don't overthink their text messages. Texts are just a way to set up the meet with the girl. They always have abundance of females in their lives and they have the ability to rapidly sexually escalate. They're always relaxed. However, I learned some of the downsides too. They never get the girl they really want. Not all of them keep established relationships. If you're good at the correct type of approach, you can beat naturals any day. I definitely picked up from my natural friends why their method worked, especially when I was running their game style against the framework that I learned from my mentors. It started to make sense. 
Third was female friends. This gave me a 300, this gave me a, a, a 360 degree view of what is needed, if what is needed and how it actually looks from the other side. Because there's, there's one side of the advice, which is I'm learning from guys who are getting results, but then there's the other side, which is how do girls see and interpret what's going on game-wise. The last one's power of context. This insight fucked me up for a long time. I remember being out at Hyde one night gaming at the table area, trying to understand why social proof I was accumulating didn't matter. I had worked most of the room and I had talked to most of the women, but I still couldn't get the same aggressive chasing to start as I could inside of a shit bar. This bothered me for an exceptionally long time until I woke up in the middle of the night two weeks later and the answer hit me like a ton of bricks. The answer was there's a quality of social proof and quantity of it. One guy could have more social proof via the amount of women that are around him, but if I've got the most people having fun in the room, my perceived value would be higher. Let's say we both have social proof, but my girls are better looking. Even though you've got more than mine's, or even though you've got more than mine's, well then my social proof would, be, would look better than yours. Imagine we both have the best looking girls in the room, but mine's are chasing me and yours are not. I'll get the most attention in the room. Context and game is everything. And the reason that social proof didn't work at a high-end nightclub was, um, as with a shit bar is, everyone in the nightclub has social proof because they make every male bring girls or he can't get in. So the playing field got leveled. I don't know if you noticed, some pretty deep, those are some pretty deep insights when it comes yeah. to game. Like those, are like, those are little nuanced things that you don't hear talked about much. No, I don't really. Like that's, that goes into like a whole nother, that just goes into like a whole nother level of, you know, yeah, like you said, social proof. Mm -hmm. But do you, see, do you see my point of when I talk about, I got mentors, but I got mentors that all were teaching the same methodology. So what I did with my mentors was I found, I was like, so I met Michael Sartain first. Sartain trained me for a period of six months. After Sartain trained me, I also met Luke Crow. So I did a few things. I was, I was listening to Michael in LA. I did what he told me to do. The second thing I did was I learned that Michael, was, uh, Michael had learned from Luke. So then I started getting on the Project, Project Vegas call every single week. And we would go through game every single week. Then I learned who trained Luke. Well, the guy who trained Luke was Adam Lyons. Then I said, okay, so I'm going to learn from Adam. I'm going to learn from Luke. I'm going to learn from Michael. And then I met another guy who was one of Adam Lyons' head coach for for years. Then I met another guy named Jason who was a coach with Adam Lyons as well, particularly on personality profiling. Do you see how all my mentors were, were in one style? Yeah, they all, well, they all kind of, they all knew each other. I could see that. So I get like, they weren't all going to be like, you know, just preaching different stuff, I guess. Like they were all, they were all the kind of like connected. The habit. So I was getting the same advice over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Do you see how when you, like what I did was I was creating an infrastructure for feedback. So because I understood the framework of game, because I was listening to Adam Lyons' material, because I was learning from Luke on the call, because I was learning from Michael Sartain in person, because I was learning from Peter Massetta, and because I was learning from Jason, do you see how that, that, my, that the feedback loop I was getting was all consistent. Then there was a second thing. I made friends with naturals. Why did I go make friends with naturals? I made friends with naturals because they were fucking the types of girls I wanted to hook up with. So then I kept looking at 
what the naturals were doing. And when the natural gets success, I'm going, did he build comfort? Did he accumulate time? Did he focus on logistics? I was running what he was doing through the framework that I had in game. So what it allowed me to do is to understand when it worked, why it worked. Then I got female friends. What'd that help me do? Getting female friends allowed me to see it from the other side. I got to know how to text. I got to learn what lines to say. I started seeing what worked on my female friends when they would get pulled by guys or when they would hook up with a guy. I would see um, what was he texting them. I, some of the best closing lines I ever got came from my female friends during private conversations because I used to just ask them and then I would quit. So like I would like ask about game knowing I understood the framework of game already and then I would try to see what advice that I was getting from the women that would coincide with that advice. And then I'd make these small tweaks and adjustments to my game. So you really had like just pretty much the best resources that anyone could need then. Correct. And the only reason I did that is because you remember when I said at the beginning that for eight years I wasn't getting results. I was a coach and I was able to get others results, but I wasn't getting personal results for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I found some old videos of myself in one of like the, the, the pickup artist Academy. And I literally, I'm sitting in the back and I'm like taking notes. And that was when I had just barely, I was like, I was coaching at this time period, but I was trying to intern for this dude named Vince Kelvin. And that was my first foray into the uh, like the seduction community, if you will. Like I'd been coaching from the day one that I got in the game, but the problem was was that I didn't really I didn't really get the best game results, and it wasn't that the, the game wasn't working. I just I got into game for tens, so I always believed that I could get tens, but I always knew something was wrong, which is why I was not able to get the results that I was looking for because there was something wrong in the formula. So that's why I tried different systems and mastered the systems, tried a different system, mastered the system. And if something wasn't working, I knew that it either was the system or it was me. Because I was always willing to adapt and to change what I was doing to get a better result. I kept noticing though, every fucking pickup methodology would contradict itself. So you learn one thing, like one guy would be like, you need to go direct because you, you've got all these variables. And I was like, something doesn't make sense about this. Like, this, shouldn't this shit be like... Like if something's successful, there's always like a few things that make it work and everything else is just like um, contextual rules that are true in like a very specific situation. Like success yeah. is based yeah. on very specific things. Game is based on very specific things. So what I kept trying to do is I need to understand why. So once I started learning with Michael and then um, I went to Luke, then I went to Adam, what was interesting, I said, ah, oh, I get it now because Adam started teaching the why, the why game works, which then once I learned why game worked, it became very easy for me now to get results with that framework. I started seeing myself aggressively get better really quick. So then I said, okay, I've figured out now that game works. I figured that out. I've got naturals that I can get feedback off of. When they're working, they're, they're getting the girl to invest. So I see it working. I see it with my female friends. When the guy is closing, he's getting to invest. I see logistically, he's not trying to pull her. If anything, what he's trying to do is he's trying to get in with the, he's trying to get like really good, really good naturals in LA run social circle game. They don't, they don't, you don't like guys, guys inside of shit bars, you will see doing the sniper fire, cold approach, try to pull out really quick. And I know those guys, but I've seen guys be way more consistent with way hotter girls all the natural guys that I know that followed social circle. I can think of these guys off the top of the head and each one of these guys ran social circle game, all of them, every last one of them. 
The best guys I've like, ever, the best guys I've ever seen at Cold Approach, the best guys I've ever seen at Cold Approach, run Social Circle. So they all follow like the same methodology, then like strictly Social Circle. They they take a Social Circle approach to Cold Approaching. So what they do is they walk into a room and they accumulate social proof. Most guys that go you mean, game, they don't build social. You mean proof. like they? They talk to every like every person in the bar like they yes. just they just like immediately just you know just start striking off conversations with people. Correct. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you I'm gonna just ask you something and let me let me know if this makes sense just from your own experience. You ever been at a high school? You ever been at a high school party and you're and then you you've got that one friend who fucking knows everybody. Yeah, and it's it just, usually the person that would usually be the person who's hosting the party, like if it's at their house. Mm -hmm. Do you notice that like he's not really trying, he's not gaming, he's just so busy keeping everybody happy, but every girl's chasing him? Uh, yeah, something like that. Okay. I mean, I'll it was high school, so it's a little different. No problem, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at like this, I'm going to look at it like this way. You ever go, you, you ever been to like a high-end nightclub and you see the promoter with all, you see the promoter with all the girls? Yeah, I've seen that. Okay, do you ever notice that the promoter is walking around talking to all the different tables in the room? Yeah, he's like just trying to make sure everybody's night is going good, you know, seeing if they, you know, because he's trying to make, he's trying to like make sure that he's doing his job good. That's kind of his job. Okay, now I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna give you one more example. How do you know somebody is in a position of power in the room? Um, I guess if I, if like, if everybody, if they're like surrounded by groups of people, or if like everybody's like, everybody's like going out of their way to be near them or talk to them. Something like that. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. If everybody is around them trying to get their attention, trying to get near them, that's investment, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But you see, it's like, it's like I guess I have to explain my situation a little bit to you. Yeah, if I didn't, right. like, before, like, I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of going from years of being, like, that socially awkward guy Correct. who just, you know, was always, mm -hmm. you know, who was always kind of, like, you know, laid back or by himself, just, mm -hmm. I mean, you get like how this kind of trend, like hearing this is kind of like, you know, sounds like something that's not really realistic for me. Mm -hmm. I 100% I, I I get what you're saying. So the reason that I can empathize with that, you're not socially awkward. You just lack social reference experience. In your mind, you're thinking that you're socially awkward. You're only social awkward because you just have not interacted with enough people to build the neurons in your head by getting social feedback of the correct way to be able to handle those situations. That's all it means. You just lack experience. That's all it is. What do you think the easiest okay. way of feeling comfortable in an environment? What do you think the easiest way of feeling comfortable in an environment? It's having friends, right? Yeah, people you're familiar with. Okay. Well, if you go into an environment and accumulate social proof, are you, are you going to, are, is the room going to be more familiar to you or less familiar to you? More familiar. If you go back if you're a building second, social, correct. Yeah. If you go back a second time, do you think you're going to be more comfortable in that environment or less comfortable? More comfortable. Okay. When you're taking a, when you're building social proof, can anyone approach you? Uh, can anyone, can, if, when you're, when you're building social proof, going and talking to all these different people, can anyone accuse you of picking up chicks? Well, no, I mean, it wouldn't, they probably don't even know what it is you're really doing. Correct. But okay, if so you're just talking to, if you're just talking to girls then, then I guess they could. Of course, right? Because unless you're hunting, it looks like you're hunting for pussy.
Yeah, exactly. Okay. But I want you to check, check this out. If essentially what I'm doing. Correct. But how many, okay, how many groups have guys in them? What, like out of nightclub scenes yeah. or bars? Mm -hmm. I would say a good amount. Okay. So if all, if the, okay, if the nightclub or the bar or the workplace has inbuilt social circles because people decide to get close to each other based off of commonalities and similarities, are you really cold approaching or are you cold approaching to infiltrate individual social circles? Um, I guess to infiltrate social circles. Okay. And if you were infiltrating social circles and getting people to like you, do you think it's going to be more or less easy to build comfort? Do you think it's going to be easier in terms of people not assuming that you're the weird, creepy, cold approach pickup guy? It'll be easier to build comfort. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, because I remember you. Ahead, I remember you talking about how, like, if you were gonna like, I remember when I went to one of the meetups, you mentioned that if you're gonna go to like a group or something, or if you just cold, if you just approach a girl who's by herself, you'll ask her like, uh, "Are you here with anybody?" Mm -hmm. And if she's here with somebody, then you would actually go introduce yourself to her friends. Or Correct. does that sound right? Am I getting that, that right? That's one hundred percent. If a girl's by herself, the first question I have is, I have right away is who are you here with. I'm so uh, last night. I'm at the store. I walk outside the house. Um, I had just been listening to some like, I, I was listening to some, I was listening to some, some psychological theory about just some different stuff. Like, so what I did was I go to the store and I'm thinking about that as I'm walking and I'm thinking about social proof. I'm thinking about all the applications of social proof. I go to the store and I'm getting ready to go to go order some stuff that I'm quite not proud of that I shouldn't have eaten last night, but I did, it was amazing. Anyway, moving on, I, I, so I'm, I'm to the right-hand side of the room. I see there's three or four people in front of me. I look to my left. I see there's a girl. She's talking to these two guys. And when I look down, I look at her feet, and I see that her feet are crossed over each other, which means that she's locked into the conversation. I see one guy leaned up, leaned back against the bar. I see his other boy leaned back over this way. And I'm going, okay, this, that's, a good, that's a good interaction. She's actually investing more. She's listening to what the guy is saying. I'm seeing her body language move more than his, so she's qualifying more than he is, body language-wise. So I'm going, she's attracted to this guy. He doesn't even realize it yet. And I'm like, she starts laughing at shit that he's saying. I'm like, oh, man, he needs to break a little bit more rapport, get her to touch him. Like, I'm able to see what the, prog what the progression of the interaction should look like. Then I see this guy in front of me. He's turning to talk to this girl. He's just, he's just turning to talk to her. As he's turning to talk to her, I'm seeing he's qualifying with his body language. He's investing more in the interaction than she is. And I'm going, fuck, he really should be building commonalities because the girl is not really facing him, so she's not really invested in the interaction yet. And he's turned his body language fully towards her, which means he's over-investing. And from a frame control perspective, it looks like he's hitting on her versus if he just took a neutral posture and then kept talking from that neutral posture and then she turned to face him, then he could turn to face her and reward her for that. I'm watching and I'm, and I'm seeing the interactions and I'm going, fuck, all he needs to do is this. I'm like, him and his boy are here and then him and his boy are cross-talking to the girl and I'm going, his boy is actually fucking up the interaction because there's two of them cross-talking and what needs to happen is because there's two of them and one of her, one needs to take the dominant, um, the dominant posture of like interacting with the girl and the other person needs to just like lean back, look at the girl, nod and smile, that's it, and just chill. And then when he stops talking, he starts talking. So that way it doesn't start to confuse her and then it, it blows the whole set out. This girl walks up behind me. 
She, um, she's got three beers in her basket or whatever. She's quite little. I can smell that she's just got out of the shower. I can smell her, her shampoo because her hair is still damp. Um, she asks about, hey, like, are you in line? Um, and I'm like, yeah, I'm in line or whatever. And then we just, we start talking here and there. In my head, there's only two things I was thinking about. I'm like, this girl's complying with her body language. She's, in, she's qualifying, she's investing. All I need to do, I'm like, if I want to take this further, screen for logistics, see if she's staying close to here. If she is staying close to here, it's about 12 at midnight and she's grabbing beers, which means she's either getting ready to pregame with friends or she's calling it an early night. So I start teasing her, but the reason I'm teasing her is to find her logistics. I started teasing her being like, oh yeah, I'm like, we well, got, got three beers just for you? Just for you? Damn, you're fucking tiny. And I know that she's either gonna be like, oh yeah, they're all for me, or no, I'm gonna go pregame with a few friends. That, the whole purpose of that tease was to actually identify her logistics. So then she's like, she's like, ha ha ha, no, she's like, no, this is actually just all, this is just all for me. I was like, wow, that's all for you? I'm like, man, that's fucking, that's crazy. That's, that's, I'm like, you got, you got balls there. And I'm like, so I'm gonna have a feeling you're getting ready to go back to a pregame because I can smell the shampoo in your hair. And then she's like, she goes, oh yeah. She's like, yeah, I'm just actually like just fresh out of the shower or whatever, I'm supposed to go meet some friends. So I'm like, boom. So I know where she's going to go meet some friends, which tells me if I wanted to keep that set going further, I'm not gonna, I would not be able to pull her away from her friends. My mind thinks, oh, if I'm gonna close, if I'm gonna close, I need to actually get in with her, figure out who she's, if she's in the store, who she's here with at the store, then where she's staying, then go back to where she's going to go meet those friends. Because she tells me she's like staying at a hostel. I'm like, oh, I should just stay in the set. Be like, and just justify a reason. Oh, like that's super dope. Let's, let's oh, like, your, your friends sound super fucking cool from what you were talking about. Like I would imagine your friends are friendly, right? It's a qualification. She's like, yeah, of course they're friendly. Then I could just go with her. Be like, oh, well, I, at least I should go meet them, right? I don't want to be an antisocial guy. It's just weird. So I'm I would justify why I need to go keep walking with her to go meet her friends. Why would I go walk with her to meet her friends? Because it's a social circle situation. I know that if I want real rapport with her, if I can get her friends to co-sign me, they're going to throw me her on a silver platter. She's staying in a hostel, which means she probably doesn't have exact the best logistics in the world because they're in a hostel. There's no rooms really in a hostel. I think it's like communal kind of like community. So I'm like, oh, probably should go meet this girl's friends, make friends with the friends, get in with them, see what their plans are for the night. Then follow them along to do all of that and then have them throw me the girl, then what? Pull back to go close. So my, you see how my mind is thinking? Like I'm not thinking about what, I'm, I'm thinking about the best way to accumulate investment is by, by getting time. Well, the best way to get time is to find out who she's here with, go meet with those friends so that I, that way I have a situation that's locked in that I can accumulate more time to game. And as, as I'm able to accumulate more time to gain, I'm able to find out more about our logistical situation, more about what's going on in the group. Maybe there's another girl that's directly within inside of that group. And then I can make something happen from there. So that all happened uh, just yesterday? This was just last, this was just last night. Like I didn't, even, I, didn't even, I didn't follow through with the set at all. But my mind was already thinking in my head, if I'm going to take this further, this is what has to happen in order for this to go well. I need to stay in the set and accumulate time because the more time that I have, the more game that I'm able to kick, then I can go into her social circle, make friends with all of them, get all of them to fucking like me. Then they're going to be like, this dude's super fucking cool. By them saying that, they just given me this, they just given me social proof. They just co-signed me in this girl's head. All of those questions, am I cool? Am I safe? Am I trustworthy? Just got answered. 
Yeah, that's a good, and, you, and you're saying like that's what you started doing differently from like your first eight years. You just started building social rapport, and then all of a sudden you just blew up with a bunch of new girls. I, I blew up tremendously with a bunch of new girls because every because I started to realize like when I would sit with girls and I was trying to pull, they'd be like, "What about my friends?" They'd say, "What about my friends?" They would say things like, um, "Oh, but I don't really don't know you." They would say things like. Um, uh, they'd ask me things like who I'm here with and I'm like, this is really interesting. I'm like, girls are so calibrated by the questions that they ask. And I'm like, everything that I was doing in cold approach is actually in violation of social norms. I'm going, that's why I'm experiencing such problems because I'm, I'm going against the social normalcy of what? Like if I was going to, if I was going to, if I wanted to date a girl, if I wanted to date a girl back in the, back in the fifties, I had to like meet her friends I had to meet her parents. That was the only way it was gonna happen. Then they would take you like, they'd make you go on like these different group dates for and, like, you'd go with a bunch of friends to like a movie and then you would like maybe like couple off after that. So I'm just going, wait a minute. This cold approach shit is unnatural. Like I'm actually making game harder for myself. I'm like, if everyone, if everyone, tr if everybody trusts other people based off the cosign of their friends, why in the hell am I trying to be like the friends of Cockblock, the guys in AMOG, when instead they actually can fucking help me? They can make my life easier. Why don't I just use the cosign, use the, the AMOG, use the Cockblocking friend? Because now I can get them on my side. I now can get them to align with me and give me her. That's a that's an interesting way to put it because I can't tell you how many times I've been at a place where I had a I was talking to one chick and then she was with her friend and her friend was just a total you know a total c word to me mm -hmm. it was just constantly like it was just trying to pull her friend away or just mm -hmm. constantly like trying to get in front of me mm -hmm. like literally standing between me and her friend mm -hmm. and like during those situations like I never really knew what to do. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I would try to like charm the friend, like be nice to her, but she mm -hmm. was just like being, she was just like not having any of it with me. Mm -hmm. This is why my whole, my whole, my whole strategy on game is to treat the two set, try to, instead of, instead of the treating, instead of the treating the two set like a two set, I treat it like Nike. Cause I'm like, Nike is an organization of over 500 people. So I like Sarah that works for Nike. Well, I'm going to, figure out what department is Sarah in inside of Nike, and then I'm going to game that department. <laughs> okay. Like, that sounds really strange, but it's, it's, it's perfect when it comes to influence. Like, I helped Forbes. He tells me, hey, you should meet you. Then from meeting you, like, do you see how that goes? It just starts to leapfrog. Like I take a social circle approach to everything that I'm doing because I realize it's the most natural way of people to meet other people. And it just stacks my progress for each person that I meet. So like when you were, so like when you were starting to make this change, did you, um, so like what was like your weekly, were you going out and gaming every day? Like did you have more time to do oh, that? Back in, the, back in the day I was going out a lot. I was going out seven days a week for hours. Like I'd, I'd study for an hour and I'd game for like nine. That, that was my oh, schedule. Wow. Like, if I, like if, I had, if I had to like, if I was going to do like a product launch or something and I had to go out and game, I would literally take that exact approach 
in order for me to game as much as I needed to. And then what I would do is from gaming as much as I needed to, I would, um, that would, I would, I would create the, I'd create the product from like a lot of the, the infield like responses and shit like that because I'm ba I'd be back out there getting that consistent reference experience. So that now all the old neurons that, uh, that, that have coincided with my success, I would just be able to um, have those neurons reactivate very quickly because I'm putting myself back in the environment where success first happened. Well, that's good. I mean, I, get, I should mention like one of the problems I have is just honestly motivation sometimes because there's plenty of it's harder now now that I don't have as much time. But like there's plenty of times when it's, you know, maybe a Saturday afternoon or something. And like there's plenty of times where I honestly don't feel motivated to even go out that night mm -hmm. and do gaming. And like I honestly can't figure out why. And it's like just thinking about it stresses easy. me out. It's, I know why. I know, here's why. So when, you, when, you're start, when you're starting a new habit for 44 days, you get a cortisol response because you're doing something new and doing something foreign. On the 45th day of you doing the new skill set is when you get the happy chemical response. So say hypothetically you're like, I'm on a new health kick. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to go to the gym every fucking day. The first 44 days that you go to the gym, it's going to suck, right? It's only going to feel good after the workout because you feel accomplished from setting the goal and achieving the goal. So for 44 days, it only feels good after the workout. The 45th day when you go to the gym is the first day that it's going to feel good and you're going to feel good after the workout. And it's because the habit is finally set in stone. Yeah, to where it's just natural. Exactly. This is why I tell guys, the reason that most guys have hard, like, hardcore approach anxiety is they're just afraid of strangers. So I tend, what I have them set up is I have them set up a feedback loop that gives them positive responses every single time they go approach. So I say go approach and give a compliment. When you go and approach and give a compliment, you get the feedback of the girl saying thank you. When she says thank you, your brain learns to feel good. And each time that you do that, you get more and more feedback. The girl says, thank you. 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 Eventually you, your brain goes, I am the man who brings joy. Yeah. And you suddenly, you don't like, well, I mean, like, I assume like one thing that I do every time, because I would go out with certain, I would go out with some of these guys from the group. Some of them were, I wouldn't say they were good, good, but like they've been doing this for a lot longer than I have. Mm -hmm. And they didn't really have any anxiety, but like when I would go out with them, like mm -hmm. they would suggest random places like Times Square and they'd be mm -hmm. like, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go approach that girl right there. Mm -hmm. And then without even hesitating, without even saying anything, they'd just be like, yeah, go, go, go. And then like literally pushing me on my back to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if I don't do it, then I get like, you know, negative, negative reinforcement where they just call me all sorts of names and shit mm -hmm. like i don't know like i don't i i don't know if like that's how you would do it with norm with other guys that you go out with but no, like so i i do things, honestly i do things a little differently um when it comes to my own mm -hmm. game i have a rule for myself and I, I i used to i used to implement this system where what i did was um i would approach five i'd approach five interactions give a compliment to warm me up and then I would do 10, then I would do 15, then I would do 20, then I would do, then I would do 30, then I would do 40, then I would do 50. So it was like the 50 open drill. And what I started to do, I started to realize that, wait a minute, I said the 50 open drill is actually much easier if I just open 50 people instead of 50 girls. 
So I stopped trying to game and game just girls. I started to get good at game by just gaming people. Like whenever I need to get good, I go, okay, who are all the people that I can talk to? Can I talk to the guy in the elevator? Can I talk to the woman that opens the gate? Can I talk to the person that bags my groceries? Can I talk to two or three people in the line? And like, can I focus on building comfort, break rapport, qualify? Like, can I do those exact same things in my normal life? So that way I'm training even when I'm not gaming. Like if I'm gonna talk to my, say if I, was, if I had a boss, I'd go, I need to build comfort with my boss. And then I'd have a rule, like anytime I just didn't build rapport or didn't follow the game method properly, I would, I'd give myself a, some type of pinch, a slap, a punch, um, a fucking sting, so that it would, it would cause a feedback loop of when I don't do the right thing, there's pain that's gonna come from it. When I do the right thing, then I get a positive feedback. So I would have it like if I didn't approach, then I would have to like follow the girl for six blocks then approach. Because then Wait, it would teach me, it's like, fuck, blocks. that was super creepy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. What'd you ask? Well, me? like, um, so like, let's say, I mean, like, when you're taking guys out, which is what I assume you're doing, mm -hmm. just like taking them out to random places, like, what exactly, like, let's say, if you're out with a guy who's like, you know, never approached a girl in a single life, like, yep. has never done anything even remotely like this, like, mm -hmm. how would you, like, what would you do with him to like get him to feel more comfortable? As if there's a few things. So the first thing is when it comes to him feeling more comfortable, if, if, he's afraid of, if he's afraid of doing the first approach, then this is why like, I, don't even allow him, I don't even allow him to like, start approaching girls. I start having him compliment people. Like before we get, like I don't wait till we get to the venue to start approaching. We're approaching on the walk to the venue. We're like talking to guys, to girls. We're like, we're, go, like, we're talking to everybody. That's the whole, the whole, so you, the whole point of it is to not even get his brain thinking about fucking approaching or the stress of approaching. It's to get him desensitized to talking to strangers. So like you would just tell him like as he's walking to go and say something to these strangers or like you'll do it with him. Yeah. It's, it's literally, it's like, like I, I try to turn approaching into a game because if it becomes a game and then there's something fun about it. If there's something fun about it, it gets easier. So then even when we go out, it's never like this super serious thing. What I do is I'm like, we're going to like, I, so I, I, I stop being like, oh, we need to build social food. And I start going, stir the pot. I go, stir the, stir the fucking pot. He's like, what do you mean stir the pot? I'm like, stir the pot. And what stir the pot means is it's a basic, it's, it's, like, it's, a, it's basically social proof, but it's find a creative and funny way to make approaching really fun, which, which gives you, which makes you want to approach more and more and more. Which I assume is like different for everybody. Co correct, right? So uh, I remember one night I was out with Forbes and we were at the Jane and he, he was like, I'm like, every dude in here is gonna like approach super crazy. And I was like, I'm really tired, but I wanna, I was like, I told him, I was like, I'm really tired, but I wanna show you how to make social proof work without moving. And he said, oh, this is going to be interesting. So what I started to do was um, we sat down. And then as we sat down, we uh, basically started like approaching people. We like not even approaching. We started basically talking to people that were like walking by. And then that was how we kept a building social proof.
Like it was just like I'm like I'm like I want to focus on building social proof. So like if somebody walked by us, what was the justified reason to like make the open, make it hit, let them leave, do that to the next person, do it to the next person, do it to the next person, and then I started realizing like wait a minute, the easiest way of making approaching easy and simple is to not have the idea of it be I need to approach these girls, I need to just approach and talk to people, I need to talk to everybody. So I was like, okay, if I need to talk to everybody, I'm gonna look social. If I look social, I'm gonna look normal. If I look normal, I'm actually gonna have more social proof. So I'm like, it's this perfect feedback loop. So I said, like, okay, well, how do I just create drama inside of the environment that creates massive attention within a short amount of time? And then uh, Forbes started calling it grandpa game because there was a, like we talked to a fuckload of different people and a lot of girls started to come and sit down with us because the thing that we did was just use social proof. Social proof is the most powerful, but most misunderstood and miss, um, and nobody teaches it or talks about it. But it's the yeah, easiest because, way of getting results. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess, yeah. I would say it just kind of like, it goes against what a lot of these other people are writing or just, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of them are so used to watching those YouTube videos or like, I still get, there's still some guys from this groups that I go out with who are like almost every day sending me like a new a new writing or like a new mm -hmm. video on YouTube that mm -hmm. I just don't want to watch or don't want to be bothered with. Cause I don't think it's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to watch this five minute YouTube video. And then by the end of it, my whole life is going to be different. 100%. This, this is why, this is why the, the stuff that I'm teaching is the most powerful and most effective because it's, it's stuff that's based in science. Like as human beings, we're very easily influenced by, by contact, by information and by environmental factors. So when I realized that, I'm like, wait a minute, if human beings are that easily manipulated, then I can actually take advantage of my own perception by using social proof. Why, like, why would I leave it up to chance? It's the easiest way of creating the celebrity effect. It's the easiest way of being seen as somebody of power. It's the easiest way of getting people to like me, to want to talk to me, to invest, and to chase me. Why would I not use the most powerful thing in game and instead just go sniper fire on a bunch of girls hitting the numbers, hoping that one of them likes me or thinks I'm cool, when I could just build social proof and then that social proof bleeds into every other set after that. So like, how many times have you gone out with uh, Forbes? Forbes has been out with me, I think maybe twice before I left New York. So like, I mean, if I wanted to go out with, if I wanted to like go out and see this like with you too, like, is that something you charge for or is that just a courtesy thing so some people can so i'm the the i'm going to be going out after the event on the 28th because there's i think I, t I think i let people know like there's an event i'm collaborating with a few other coaches on at the end of the event and everyone we're going to be going out after that um so those are the times where people can really like see it and it's 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 not for any it's not for any other reason than one is to showcase it two um the reason the biggest reason that i have to charge for this stuff is because I'm trying to put out a lot more content, like a lot more content, and I have to get mics, um, good camera equipment, gimbals and shit, just to film shit, so then that way people can see it. So like that's, that's where, like my costs come in because I've gotta get the mics, I've gotta like do the editing and shit, it's all of that stuff that starts to, it starts to cost to do that. So for me just to put out content, even um, like, the, the, mon the money that's coming from at the, from the, end of this, the end of this call is going directly into um, launching two of the websites and getting a getting a getting another stabilizer 
for, for filming and a mic just so I can put out more content so that way people can like actually get more like really good fucking advice because I see how much misinformation is in all these fucking groups when it comes to game. There's a lot. It's like 2,000 dudes inside of a chat all providing 2,000 different fucking perspectives and none of it is fucking based in science. I hear so many instructors that are in any different groups and they're posting shit and I'm just like, I disagree with that and I don't disagree with it off of my own personal opinion. I disagree with it because I know for a fact it doesn't work. There's like, there's no science behind what they're talking about. They like, they, they don't even reference any studies at all with what they teach. They're just like, women are like this. And I'm like, so where's the scientific study that, that's giving the basis that is true? I mean, I'm sure you can understand like most people, science is something that I would say uh, most people generally don't understand very well. So that's why most people, if they find someone who's like scientifically good or like scientifically who understood it they just kind of like tend to brand that person to be nerdy or like mm -hmm. you ever get like you like you get like that whole high school mm -hmm. kind of vibe to it like if you mm -hmm. see someone who's super smart like you don't like that person oh i totally get it and i get into argue i guess i get into arguments with other coaches all the time about like they'll say something and i'm just like there's no scientific evidence to back that statement to back that claim and then when i'll like usually like you i think you've noticed when like when you not only say like read if if you like if you listen to my podcast or like like read any like content or whatever I talk about or like like listen even when I'm like on interviews with other coaches, you literally hear me reference oh there was a study then did it and I'm always referencing some fucking study some some study somewhere like oh this was based on da -da 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 -da. even in the book that I'm finishing I'm like oh this was based on this study. <laughs> Because I'm not trying, I don't want you to be like the gospel of Jay. I want you to know that the shit I'm teaching you is very powerful, very powerful. It's been, you know, been studied and researched for over like five decades from psychologists who spend time looking into this type of shit. Yeah, exactly. That's actually what I was just going to ask you about. This isn't going to be like a, one of those studies that like. I mean, is this, this isn't going to be like these, I assume these studies aren't kind of like all these other studies that say, uh, I don't know, like this product, this product we're selling is good because we did a study and we showed that after people drank this product, they felt better yeah, or that's something. You're talking, like, now you're talking about, you're talking, what you're talking about is not consumer feedback. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's a data poll of just most of your consumers. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like when you go back to working out, like when you, if you go back to working out, I can't tell you how many, like how many studies I've heard that say uh, studies have shown that eating carbs or eating these amount of carbs or eating, or eating too many carbs is, or like studies have shown that keto diet is the mm -hmm. best or studies have shown that yeah. low carb is the best or that, you know, less calories is the best or more calories. Like I've seen, I go right for the PhD. I've seen I go right for, I go right for the P, the, the P, the guys that have the PhDs. There's a, like, there's a book that I was reading called the switch and the, by the, by the guy called James Clement and he's a PhD. And he talks about um, mTOR, mTOR stacking, fasting, the benefits of it, switching between carbs and uh, carbs and using ketones for fuel. Like certain months, certain months out of the year, you need to be on carbs. Other months out of the year, you need to be specifically keto. And you need to switch from alternating fuel sources. And I was like, oh, that's, that's a very interesting argument. Like he's actually providing fucking science behind it. And I'm like, I'm able to go look at the studies on PubMed. Okay. Yeah. Like I do the same well, thing with game. I mean, the, the same the same studies with game, like when I'm like, oh, the Benedict Jones study on pre-selection, you can go to PubMed or you can go to the Royal Society of like psychology and you can look at the two thousand seven study where they took two pairs of male faces 
and they asked women to rate them on various scales of attractiveness. And then they had the same males rated again, but this time they had women looking at the men either giving a neutral or a positive facial expression. And you could see the results were flipped where the unattractive guy was much more attractive because of the fact that he had women looking at him and smiling. By unattractive guy, do you mean the like short, bald, fat? Yeah, he, 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 wasn't a, he was not attractive, but he beat out a better looking guy. And the, the, I think remember, it was like, they said, it was like, our understanding of, of, phys, of, of um, physical attractiveness and sexual preference used to be, used to, we used to believe that it was just facial symmetry. Now we realize, it says, now we realize the power of consensus upon people's perceptions of looks. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, it, it, like when I read that, I was like, wow, that actually tells me that, that pre-selection puts like a candy dish in front of your face. Like a girl could look at you without pre-selection and she's just gonna, she's just gonna judge you based on like maybe you're a five or a six, whatever. She's just gonna judge based on like what she can see. Do you have facial symmetry? Do you not have facial symmetry? That's it. And, but if you got social proof, you could, not, you, you could have facial symmetry that isn't that great, but women are going to, it, the social proof is gonna mutate the perception of your face. They actually said that they said, yeah, like when social proof is there, it, it basically mutates the perception of your face and makes it deemed as more attractive. And I was like, what? Like that just to me blew my mind. It blew my mind because it was like, without social proof, your face looks one way. With social proof, your face looks a totally different way. and looks more attractive. To me, that sold me on why I need, I'm like, yeah, I sh you should be building social proof all the time. Wow, I mean, that, that, does, that does like really like open my eyes to a lot. Pretty much I, I probably don't have to tell you this, but you probably know just from talking to me that social proof is just like, it's something I've definitely never, definitely never done before. Like every yeah. time I go into a bar, it can be like 25, 30 minutes before I even talk to one person. Yeah, and that's, and here's the thing. When you, the, reason that you, the reason that you go into a bar and you get isolated and you get stuck is because in a bar, you've got the context of, oh, I should be approaching, oh, you got all these thoughts of, I should be approaching, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. And the reason that you're scared is two things. Lack of experience, and you don't know what to say and what to say next. That's it. Like, you're like, what do I actively say, and then what do I say next after that? So you get stuck. That's what I'm thinking about all the time, like yeah. every single second. As soon as I get in there, like, what do I say? Then what I say? What do I do? How do I stand? You know, do exactly. I look at them? Like <laughs> Exactly. And this is, that's exactly why my whole thing is this. Okay, well, let's give you a format and give you a system of exactly what it is that you're supposed to be fucking doing so that way you know what to do. So here's the first thing, right? Social proof is like the first part of, of being able to build rapport. But the second part of it, the second part of it is, is the actual opener. So the way, the, way that I, the way that I teach flawless opening is oatless. Hey guys, real quick before you go. I'm hosting a collaboration with a few other coaches at the end of this month on the 28th of February. And what we're going to be basically covering, it is a workshop, specifically lethal tactics on how to close. So I'm going to be collaboration with Brad Holiday and Jason James from Lux Life. And we're going to be discussing the newest techniques for developing a social circle, elite day gaming, net game mastery, and online game hacks, as well as how to hack your sexual market value in order to, in order to be the guy that women crave. This event will be curated. There's going to be catered food. So guys, come hungry and come even hungrier for knowledge. For you guys to get the tickets, 
The link is already in the description. Click that and you'll be able to go directly there and pick up your tickets before they run out fast. I hope to see you guys there and I hope to look forward to working with you. Talk soon.